Welcome into the UGA Football Live podcast. I'm your host, J.C. Shelton, in partnership with UGA Wire of the USA Today's College Wire Network. What's up, everyone? Got a cool show on the way today. Short show, not a long listen, but I'll be talking some college football news and NFL news, and i also break down the NFL draft as a part of our Dogs in the NFL series. So, we'll find out where former Bulldogs are projected to land, and I ask why one dog particularly isn't getting the recognition and accurate projection he deserves. That's coming up next, but first I want to remind you to rate, subscribe, and review only five-star reviews, please, allowed, and check out UGAWire.com for all things Georgia football. A part of the USA Today, we break down news, rumors, and highlights, plus we talk hoops and Georgia baseball, which starts soon. So that's UGAWire.com. You can check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at UGA Football Live, and me, I'm on Twitter at J underscore Shelton underscore. So we'll start with a little college football roundup. So Gus Malzahn to UCF. The Gus bus takes over as the head coach after Josh Heupel took the job at Tennessee. Now, you know, it's kind of funny when you think about it because UCF claimed the 2017 national title after going undefeated and beating Auburn led by Malzahn in the Peach Bowl. So the Gus bus is now in Florida. And heads up Dan Mullen, apparently, because he's going to recruit Florida better than you. Or so he says, at least. And and then we're going to have coaches develop these guys on the field. Nobody's going to work harder than us. And uh, and then the last thing is we're going to put together a staff of great recruiters. Um, you know, we're going to recruit Florida like nobody else. We're going to recruit like our hair is on fire. We're going to go after the best players in America, and we're not backing down to anybody. That was via UCF Athletics from Malzahn's introductory press conference, and I couldn't just I just couldn't help but laugh. Yeah, that's just hilarious. The coach speak here is off the charts, as with any introductory press conference, I guess. But recruit with our hair on fire, and we're going to recruit Florida better than anyone else. I just thought that was hilarious. So we'll see what happens there. But it's interesting for him. Great job from him, honestly, because Heupel did a great job of building that program. But anyway, more college football news. Alabama linebacker Ben Davis has entered the transfer portal. He was the number one inside linebacker in the 2016 recruiting class. So that will be interesting to see where he lands and whether or not it will be in the SEC or not. And in other news, the NCAA has extended the recruiting dead period for all Division I sports through May 31st. And that's via Nicole Auerbach of The Athletic. So this is huge and probably not being talked about enough. The dead period keeps athletes from visiting campuses and meeting with coaches face-to-face because of the pandemic. The dead period has been in effect, though, since last year. So that means kids, some of which have already arrived on campus now, literally went to schools they had never been to before. Now, with this extension, high school seniors once again get the short straw and have to go figure out where they're going to college without ever visiting programs. It's really weird when you think about how colleges are giving regular tours for students but athletes aren't given anything except Zoom calls. That's what they're allowed. They can't visit programs. Pretty ridiculous, if you ask me. Things can be done with proper protocols, you know. But instead of doing the work to help these kids make proper decisions, the NCAA saves face and just keeps extending the dead period. 
I don't understand the drawbacks of creating an environment where these guys can go visit with protocols. It's really important for these kids to know where they're going and where they're headed. And you can't get that through a Zoom call. So we got to find out a way to get these kids on campus soon and just use protocols like we do it everywhere now. It's all throughout the country. Protocols are put in place to help people be safe and they work. And we've proven that. So I just need to I need to see something from the NCAA that that, that shows they want to help um, what's going on right now with the recruiting debt period. So that's to May 31st now. Hopefully that gets axed at May 31st and guys can start visiting again. Keeping with the news here, former Georgia defensive coordinator Willie Martinez is set to be defensive backs coach at Tennessee next season. He comes over following former UCF coach Josh Heupel. He was Georgia DC from 2005 to 2009. And this isn't college football news, but the Philadelphia Eagles just traded Carson Wentz to the Colts. So that happened this morning. This is Thursday. The number two overall pick in 2016. He was traded for, get this, third round pick this year and a second round pick next year. That's not much at all for a guy who was just thought to be one of the best young quarterbacks in the league just two years ago. You know, that sticks the Eagles with the largest dead cap hit in NFL history. So they're going to owe Wentz $33 million in 2021. Just crazy when you think about it. And now it's up to Jalen Hurts to run things in Philly. Will be interesting to watch and see if he or Tua in Miami has better seasons next year. As a Georgia fan, we, of course, probably have mixed feelings there. Tua and Jalen both gave it to us a couple times, so that's that's up in the air. But we'll see what happens. Interesting trade there. The Colts are going to be really good next season. They have a great base of talent. Um, Taylor's in the backfield. Leonard at linebacker. Both really good players. Probably all pro caliber players. That's going to be interesting to watch them next year, too. Um, and then, of course, Rodrigo Blankenship um, and Justin Houston play for the Colts. So you got to keep that in mind, dog fans. But this trade got me thinking more about Matthew Stafford being traded to Los Angeles for Jared Goff. And that was just a couple weeks ago at this point. Um, And Goff was the number one pick in 2016. Both the number one pick and the number two pick in 2016 have been traded away, which really proves that scouts and coaches don't know much about who they actually draft all the time. You know, but just thinking from Stafford's perspective here, what a move for him. He leaves Detroit after 12 seasons where he was hit probably just short of a million times. Uh, He never had a quality roster or coach, for that matter, around him, but still won a game on the last play with a dislocated shoulder in his rookie season. That was, if you haven't seen that clip, look it up. Still played last season with a fractured rib. And that's just a few injuries. I mean, it's ridiculous how many he sustained and still played. I mean, he owns the record. No, he's sixth all-time with 136 straight starts. And that's just off top of the dome, y'all. I mean, that was pretty impressive. I'm impressed there of me pulling that out of nowhere. Um, all while leaving you know, Detroit as the franchise leader in almost every passing category, too. So include that includes passing yards, completions, passing touchdowns, quarterback wins. Oh, and he happened to be the fastest player to ever reach 40,000 passing yards in NFL history. What? I mean, there is just really not enough appreciation for Stafford. And it's it's because he played in Detroit at a horrible organization who they just can't build and they're not into winning. But now he moves on to LA and it only seems fit for him to finally be on a championship level team. I mean, they've got a great young coach in Sean McVay. They had the best defense in the league this year, have weapons on offense. With Stafford's arm, which looked in great shape in 2020, 
plus Ad McVay's offensive mind there, they should be favorites to win the NFC there, in my opinion. I mean, I'm sure Tom Brady and company will have something to say about that, but still, Stafford's finally going to have an opportunity to win a championship. And I mean, I'm pulling for my Falcons this year, but man, I will be front and center for Rams games this season. Um, Easy to pull for a former dog like Stafford who gives back so much, whether it be Detroit or in Athens. He's donated so much money to Athens and even social justice in Athens, which is really cool, and also to the Detroit area. Um, And then Dog Nation, remember, we've got Leonard Floyd who plays for the Rams too. Going to be looking forward to those games for sure next season. On to our dogs in the NFL draft. So I'm going to be updating you on the Bulldogs headed to the NFL draft and where they're projected before the draft date in late April. Um, Going to be doing this several times throughout the offseason. We've got plenty of time before actual names are called. NFL front offices are doing a lot of work right now on potential draftees. And then we got mock drafts and they're coming out right and left, pointing out where guys might land uh, just to give you an idea. The Senior Bowl was a big part of that. Uh, just to get a look at guys and and for NFL scouts to see them actually move and play up close. Uh, But UGA's Pro Day is set for March 17th, and it may be the biggest Pro Day in Georgia history. There's no NFL Combine this year. It was canceled, so guys will have to try and impress at Pro Days, which is really tough for lesser-known guys because it puts so much importance on their performance and just in one workout. But at the same time, I guess it's good for everyone that, you know, more scouts, GMs and coaches may be present at these pro days because the the combine is canceled. But here's a little dogs in the NFL draft rundown. So I'm going to use Todd Mache's mock draft for the first round here, his post Super Bowl mock draft via ESPN. The first dog off the board is linebacker Aziz Ojolari, our 2020 defensive MVP. He's projected to land with the Titans at pick number 22. We'll stay with just the top four rounds. And for these last few rounds, I'm using Pro Football Network's recent mock draft. With the first pick in the second round, the first dog off the board is cornerback Tyson Campbell. Um, He's projected as the number 33 pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Then in round three at pick number 70, cornerback Eric Stokes is projected to the Eagles. So back-to-back corners there. Um, Interesting they had Eric Stokes behind Tyson Campbell. But staying here in round three, cornerback DJ Daniel goes to the New York Giants at pick number 76. So that's three cornerbacks in a row for the Georgia. DJ Daniel at pick number 76 in the third round. Moving on to the fourth round here, and we've got four dogs going in the fourth. We'll start with pick number 113, and that's the Carolina Panthers, and they're projected to take tight end Trey McKitty. So the transfer man from Florida State, Trey McKitty, goes in round four, which is pretty good projection. Then at number 125, guard Ben Cleveland goes to the Minnesota Vikings. And then at pick number 131, Baltimore Ravens take center Trey Hill. So back-to-back linemen there for Georgia. Um, And then last projected dog to go in the first four rounds is linebacker Monty Rice at pick number 133 to New Orleans. So that's via Pro Football Network. Of course, we don't know where exactly guys will land or where teams have them on their boards, but I need an answer as to why Richard LeCount is not being projected above a fourth round pick. He wasn't even in this mock draft, and I've read he's projected in the middle rounds by several other mock drafts, so that's projected fourth or fifth round there. I mean, and the reason I read uh, several times comes down to his projected speed. 
projected here. That's the key. Some guy said he's projected as a four five five in the forty. How do you project a forty yard dash? Do you look? Do you watch film and think you know how fast a guy is in a forty yard dash? And since when does a forty for a safety qualify a drop in the draft? Anyways, you know, I say watch the UGA Pro Day, and he will surprise those scouts who have projected his speed. I'm sure. Uh, plus, LeCount is far and away the most instinctive safety in the draft to me. He reminds me of former Florida, now Atlanta Falcon safety, Keanu Neal. Neal ran a 4.66 at the combine in 2016 at 6'2", 220. And other than dealing with injuries, has been awesome in Atlanta. Mostly because of physicality, ball skills, instincts, all of which LeCount has in his pocket. I mean, on top of great leadership ability. I mean, he's been leading the Georgia football team since he arrived as a recruit. I mean, he was recruiting guys to Georgia as a high school recruit. The leadership is amazing there, I think. And these are just mock drafts, and maybe NFL teams have him higher on the board. But for me, counting LeCount out just because of a projected 40 time is laughable. So I'm looking forward to see what he does on Pro Day. I'm also surprised to see Eric Stokes go in the third. Um, I've read a lot of mocks and reports that have him as anywhere from high first to low second. I think Ojalari is a great fit for the Titans at number 22. And they have a great scheme, great defensive coach in Mike Vrabel. So I think he'd succeed there. As far as McKitty, Cleveland, Hill, and Monty Rice, I think fourth round is definitely fair for any of those guys. And if any of those guys do land in the fourth, I think they'd be happy. This all really depends on the pro day for these guys, though. And we already talked about it with LeCount there. But if they impress, draft stocks will go up. And we'll know much more about where guys are projected after that pro day on March 17th. I'm excited to see what times Eric Stokes and Tyson Campbell run as well. So I'm looking forward to them showing off that Georgia speed and really impressing on pro day. So it's our last segment here, and I want to play a game. And I asked this on Twitter already to get Dog Nation's minds working, uh, but here it is. If you had to choose an Oklahoma drill lineup featuring current Georgia players, who would be on the ticket? So you're the coach, you're Kirby Smart on a hot June practice day, and you're going to run the Oklahoma drill. You need a running back, an O-lineman, a D-lineman, and a linebacker. So the guys line up. And it's one-on-one for the lineman and one-on-one for the running back and linebacker. And for this, let's say it's a 10-yard clip. So for the offense to win here, the back has to get beyond 10 yards, uh, which is the end zone in this case. So who you got? Me? I've decided my lineup here it is. Running back was probably the toughest decision for me. Uh, It was between Zeus and another player. So I love Zeus White, and I think he'll be our RB1 next season. But I had to go Kendall Milton here. The kid is a monster. Runs like one, too. And for this drill, you need power. So I go Milton at running back. And then at O-line, I went Jamari Salyer. Beyond Trey Hill and Ben Cleveland this past season, I think Salyer was the most dominant dog up front. 320, just a tree. So... Give me Salyer. So that's the offense there. And for the defense, uh, the decisions were a lot easier for me. I took Jordan Davis at D-lineman. No question. I mean, he's the best returning tackle in college football. And then at linebacker, it's Channing Tindall. I was really impressed with Tindall's play this past season. I mean, he he plays downhill. Um, He'll be huge at stopping the run in 2021. I just picture 
huge hits when I think of his name from this past season. He had a few. Um, so that's my lineup. And honestly, I don't know who would win. My best guess is defense here. I don't know if anyone can tackle Milton straight up, um, but if anybody can, it'd be Jordan Davis and, and Channing Tindall. I mean, Davis is a problem. Um, so I think he'd do enough. Hit me up on Twitter with your lineup. Let me know what you pick. Um, at J underscore Shelton underscore. I want to see what you've got. Uh, I thought that was really cool. That's it for the show this week. Thanks for listening, everyone, and sticking with us through the offseason so far. I'll be back next week to talk dogs, as always. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and review, and let us know what you think of the show. We're on IG, Facebook, and Twitter, at UGA Football Live, and me, I'm at J underscore Shelton underscore. Go dogs. Tyler Simmons was on sides. Aggravates the stew out of me. We're going to recruit like our hair is on fire. <laughs> <laughs>